Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Jack, welcome to WBAP. Yes, good morning, Jim. Uh, congratulations on the new grandchild. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> now I'm, a, oh, I'm officially an old man now. Yeah, many of us share that dilemma with you, but uh, your life has changed. Uh, yep. yep. My, my, my question is really pretty simple. Uh, daughter's house has uh, hex water lines in the attic, and we had a little minor freeze event here a week ago, and as a result of that, I'm looking for hopefully an automated solution to replace the turbine vents that, even in the winter, if the wind blows, suck out what residual heat is in the attic, and, and was hoping that solar-powered vent would have a damper mode of some kind that would at least try to retain what residual heat is in the attic rather than draw it out. It actually does. Uh, uh, the solar-powered fans have two things on them, uh, at least the good ones. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll address this as soon as we come back after news, traffic, and weather here on WBAP. Jack, if you want to hold on, I'm gonna, I'll come straight back to you. Otherwise, I'll go ahead and answer it when we get back. Denise, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, my question to you is, how would you feel about uh, putting a 79- or 80-year-old single lady into a 1964 home uh, three-bedroom, two-bath house. Um, I'm kind of concerned about the age of the plumbing if, you know, if there would be, you know, a continual issue with plumbing breaks or whatever on that age of home. Well, the thing you have to check on a, on a home of that age is the, if it's got galvanized or if it's got the old cast iron pipes for the drain system or if it's got PVC because that was the time frame 69 to 73 is the time frame where different places were changing over to PVC um, beyond that the plumbing in the wall uh, you know for the water lines are either going to be copper or they're going to be galvanized. The galvanized pipes, they do wear out. So can copper, but the copper will last much longer than the galvanized pipes do. But to yeah, answer you, go ahead. This, this house is a 1964 uh -huh. home, and it's in Waco. Texas. Okay. I can tell you, 64 is going to be old uh, cast iron pipes, and... I would have those checked out before I bought the house. Um, but as far as the rest of it, I, I really wouldn't have an issue. My my house was built in 73. I mean, the house can, if it's been kept, kept up and uh, updated as years have gone on, there really shouldn't be an issue with it. Okay, so if they check out the, uh, the plumbing... Uh is it a house that they're looking at buying? Yeah. Okay, here's the primary things to look for then. Have a static test done on the sanitary sewer lines to, to make sure that there's no leaks in it. If there is, a, a isolation test needs to be done. 
locate the leaks, find out what it's going to take to re repair or replace the lines. And I will tell you, typically, if it's if it's old galvanized pipes, if there's leaks, there's going to be leaks all over, and you're looking at replacing the system. So you would have to figure okay. that in the price. Check out if it's copper or galvanized pipes. If it's galvanized water pipes, I would have a little bit more concern, but I wouldn't be overly concerned. Uh, if the water flow is still good at all the fixtures and stuff, I'd have probably zero concern. Uh, okay. Check out the electric system because the electric panel may have to be upgraded at some point. Not that that's a, a, a killing factor, but you know, an upgrade of an electric panel can run anywhere from two thousand to four thousand dollars, depending on what has to be done. And you know, and then the rest of the inspection is just normal stuff, like the condition of the roof, and you know. Uh, how the cabinets and the countertops and doors and all that kind of stuff and I've, and all that should catch if there's a foundation issue or anything like that. Okay, I I got down static test on the sanitary sewer system, uh -huh. but then if I lost you on if oh. they do the static test if, and find something, then if what's there, next? Yeah, if there is a leak, then you want to do what's called an isolation test. And that's just to pinpoint where the leaks are. And would that be the home inspector? Nah, he's not going to pick up on that. You really need to bring a plumber in to do the static test. Gotcha. Okay, and then we would need to bring in an electrician to check out the, uh, the uh, breaker panel? You know, usually a home inspector will, will check the breakers panel and tell you if it's uh, old or, or one of the brands that needs to be replaced or anything like that. So it'll okay. it, it, it really will depend on the inspector, but most of them will check that. Okay, awesome. Tim, thank you so much. You've helped me so much over the years, and I certainly appreciate it. So. Well, good luck with the new home. Yep, thank you very much. You bet. Take care. Tony, you're there still? Yes, I'm here. All righty. Oh, I can hear you much better now. Okay. Good, thank you. Let's go over your question again. Okay. Well, I was calling about uh, we're remodeling the house after the flood, and uh, they insulated the exterior walls. They did not insulate the ceiling in between the joists, and they did not insulate the wall between the kitchen and the, and the garage. We have the, garage, the wall between the kitchen and garage should be insulated. Uh, with, okay. Without needs to question. Be insulated. Okay. Yeah, that needs to be insulated because that's basically an exterior wall. And what was the other one that didn't that didn't the get insulated? The ceiling they didn't insulate between the joists, so they were saying that it should be put the drywall up and then blow it in. Okay. But I thought blown in insulation was kind of like after the fact type thing. Well, I personally like to use the. Uh, bat type insulation okay. uh, and the main reason for it blown in works great but it does settle over time where right. bat insulation doesn't do that so uh, you could go either way it is quicker for insulators to just blow it in but for the longevity of the project I prefer the bat okay fantastic all right one more question sure uh, we also had all the plumbing replaced and we, the house is 42 years old, so 
they replaced the, the plumbing while we're at it, and uh, they used the new style plumbing, the plastic material. Yeah, PEX. Yes, sir. Okay. And and my question to them was, in the in the bathroom, we converted the tub to a shower, and when they when they went to that valve, they put a half inch line instead of a three quarter. Is that standard? Yes. Okay. All right, because I thought it was supposed to be three quarters. Yeah, it's, it's it, a lot of times it, it is down to a. You have a three-quarter inch feed going in that direction, right? And the the last little bit of it, they, it actually it's goes half. down to a half inch. Yes, sir. It's what it. That's. What. Okay. Yep. They All did. Right, they did it, it right. That takes, that takes care of me, and I'll make sure that they they put the bad insulation on my ceiling and and my exterior wall going to the garage. There you go. Tony, Thank good you. luck with that. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. Ted, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you taking the call. Oh, my pleasure. Okay, I, we're building a house, and I wanted to get a, your your input on a couple of items, two things. Choice of windows, aluminum versus vinyl. And uh, we're putting the hardy plank up, and... It'll be right over the face of the studs. And uh, I'm offered a, a choice in Tyvek, and I'm wondering which way to go with the, with the mesh or that Tyvek foil face barrier, uh, which has perforations in it. Well, if the, the, the Tyvek foil base is actually a, a, a better product in general because it acts as a radiant barrier as well. Uh, if you're going to have I mean, it, and it's designed to go behind the, the product. It costs a little bit more than the regular uh, Hardy Wrap does uh, and a little bit more than Tyvek because it does more for you. So if, if you don't mind the added cost, I would definitely go with with the Hardy, with the uh, type, with with the radiant barrier on it. Great. And then on windows, my my choices there are uh, aluminum yep. or vinyl. It, it's going to depend on on the glass and everything that they do with it. You know, you mm -hmm. hear me, you hear me talk about America's Choice windows all the time. And one of the reasons I like their replacement windows when you go with aluminum frame builders grade windows the glass panels are only a quarter inch apart when when uh, America's Choice comes out and replaces your windows their glass panels are seven eighths of an inch apart uh, so it it has a lot thicker dead air space between the glass panels which helps with the efficiency the vinyl framing and so the and the reason I bring that up you want to check to make sure that the glass packs they're using, if they're the same or not. If they're the same glass pack and they got the, you know, both of them have the same thickness of dead air space between the glass, then you go to look at the efficiency of the aluminum versus vinyl. Vinyl does not trans transmit the heat and cold the way aluminum does. So efficiency-wise, it's going to be more efficient than the aluminum frame. Okay, well, I'm an old old timer, and I'm just I just don't really trust some of the newer things until I 
yep. I get some feedback. Uh, my fear on the uh, the vinyl was that, like, if it gets any kind of a moisture penetration in, you know, under that skin, that one is going to come apart. No. No. It, uh, the, I mean, you could you can dip the a vinyl window in water, and it's not going to come apart because it's it's a solid extruded piece of vinyl. Oh. Okay, I thought it was a skin. Well, now, if you're looking at a uh, window that's got a vinyl clad on it, then that would be a skin. Uh-huh. And, no, I would not go with that. I'd either okay. go with a solid vinyl window or a solid aluminum window. Okay. Well, you've been a great help in help, helping me to make some decisions here on the building of this home. I appreciate it. You bet. You take care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. How can I help you today? I have a question. I'm calling for my son. Um, his house, he's unable to come to the phone, but uh, when he flushes the toilet, there's a humming vibration. I guess it's in the pipes, and he doesn't know what the problem is. You, you know, the way this conversation started, he can't come to the phone, and when he's flushing the toilet, you know, you're leaving an image <laughs> in everybody's spine right now, right? <laughs> uh, he's not here. <laughs> Okay, so when you flush a toilet, you're getting this humming sound, and, and does it last? Is it just real quick, or is it lasting the whole time the toilet's refilling? Um, I think it's just kind of lasting for a few seconds. Okay. It's more than likely one of two things, then. It's, it's going to be probably one of the washers or O-rings has gone bad, either in the valve under the toilet or in the valve in the toilet tank itself. It's not in the toilet, it's the noise. It's in the, like in the pipes in the right. house. But when one of those, what happens is when one of those uh, O-rings go bad, when the water flows by them, they, they harmonize, they, they vibrate, uh-huh. and it'll rattle through all the pipes in the house. So it's in the toilet? Well, it's either going to be in the... It, it's in. It's not the toilet itself. It's in the water lines, either the valve that's under the toilet or the valve that's inside the tank. And I'm betting it's going to be the one under the toilet. Okay, so it's the valve under the toilet. Yeah. So he would have to remove the toilet to get to that valve. Oh, no, no. The, the, no, it's the, the shutoff, the water supply valve that's underneath the tank that comes out the wall. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have to remove the toilet at all. Oh, okay. So you think it's in the water supply valve? Yep. In uh, in the shutoff valve under the toilet, the, the one that feeds the water to the toilet itself. Okay, great. Okay, I'll have him check that out. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care. Cannon, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, how are you? Wonderful. How about you? Okay, look at I have a problem. It's a new construction. I'm currently moving in, haven't moved in completely. <clears throat> one weekend I went there, and the lights were flashing, not just in one part of the home, but throughout the whole home. So I had the electrical supply company come out, and they said there was nothing with uh, supplied to the house. And he suggested I call an electrician to check the ground and neutral wires. Is that Yep, possibly the problem. It, it very well can be, uh, but I will tell you, it can also be from the power company, even though they don't, even though they tell you no, the, the power is fine. 
Uh, okay, but after that happened, I went back and there were three uh, flipped uh, switch. Three, three switches. Three flipped flip. breakers? Yeah, I mean breakers, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I... So, so when I, the electrician comes out, where does he check it? At the panel? Well, what he's going to check is, yeah, he's going to open up the breaker panel and start there by checking, making sure there's nothing arcing over on the ground faults or, any, or anything. He should be checking the grounding rod to make sure that, you know, it's down into the ground and secured and that the wire is secured onto the grounding rod. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he's just going to have to start checking circuits, especially the ones that tripped, to see if, if there's something that's shorting and uh, arcing over. Okay, so most of the work he's going to have to do is at the panel. Yes. Okay. Uh, the other thing is the pressure regulating valve that comes into the home is usually set at what pressure? It's going to be anywhere from 50 to 70 PSI. Okay, because mine's set at 60, and if I don't open up multiple things, I get this humming sound that comes through the house. And I've localized it to the pressure regulating valve. Do you think that valve is bad? It's set at 60. No, I don't think the valve is bad. I think there's something inside of it that uh, is allowing that. You know, I, was, I was talking about that with underneath the toilet a minute ago. It could be something as uh-huh. simple as just one of the O-rings or washers in there uh, moving okay. when there's a certain amount of water coming through it. So you may want to yeah. uh, uh, try to adjust the water pressure up or down a little bit. So you're at 60. You're right in the middle of, of what I was saying. Try adjusting it down right. to, say, 55 and see if it makes mm-hmm. any difference. Okay, I'll do that. I appreciate your help. You bet. You have a wonderful day. Terry. Hello. Welcome to KTRH. Oh, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, yeah, I have a quick question. Um, we're looking to build a, um, a deck from our pool out to, um, uh, I don't know, whatever we build out there. Yeah. And I was just concerned about what kind of deck material that I should get because we're, we're afraid of getting splinters when you get out of the pool. And when it gets a little older, it might splinter a little bit or something. You know, and Mary was just asking about... Treks. Treks. Yeah, that's one of the synthetic boards, and there's other ones out there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, those actually, for what you were just talking about, are very good because you don't have to worry about splinters. Even though they, some of them do have some wood fibers in them. Right. Uh, it, it, it's not splinters where it's going to stick in your in your feet. And it lasts. It lasts as long as the. Uh... Uh, treated wood? Oh, absolutely. It, it typically will last even longer. Oh, okay. And, and I can put treated wood under it, right, yep, for a base? It, that's what you use for the base is the treated lumber. Mm-hmm. And then you put this on as the deck so it's more comfortable on your feet. You don't have yeah. to worry about splintering. You don't ever have to treat it to stain it or anything like that. So it already uh, comes like in a color? Yep. Whatever color you choose? Okay. Yep. Well, that was it. That's what I needed to know. All righty. Well, good luck with that. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. And, and like I said, there are uh, other brands out there other than just Trex, but uh, there, there's that. it really it makes for a nice deck. Catherine, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Yes, I'm in, a, in Carrollton in a home that's about 20 years old. My windows are drafty, and how do you tell when 
need caulking or when you need new windows. And when you give the name of the window company, you previously had one, but I hadn't heard you mention it lately. Oh, sure. Well, the way you can tell if you need new windows, first of all, 20-year-old house, you probably have builder's uh, double-pane windows, right? Yes. Okay. If you're feeling a lot of drafts, it's going to come between from one of two places, either around the glass itself, between the glass and the frame, or around the frame. So you just kind of have to put your hand up and see if you can feel where the draft is coming in. One thing you can use if you can't really tell is actually some baby powder. Uh, just put a little fluff there, and you can, when the breeze is coming, uh, just a little spoof, and it'll show, it'll move with the breeze and that'll tell you but if the windows haven't been recocked in 20 years I can tell you that they need to be recocked normally especially on the outside because the sun just beats on it and, and wears it out okay thank you you bet have a great weekend Greg welcome to KRLD well hi there thanks for taking my call my pleasure we're, uh, my wife and I are looking to put new flooring in our house, and we seem to be settling on a solid oak floor. My question is, we can see that we can buy this solid oak floor from uh, like a retailer who will already have it finished, or we can buy it and then have it sanded and stained in our home by a contractor. Right. How, what would you describe as the, the pros and cons between those two alternatives? Well... The finish that you get on one that's pre-finished, because it's done at a factory, is usually a much cleaner finish. No matter how careful you are when you do, it's kind of like painting a car. No matter how careful you are when you repaint a car, you get little dust particles and things like that in it. Uh, as compared to when a brand new paint job is done. Well, think about that inside your house you're going to get some dust pattern, dust particles and things on it that kind of mar up the finish just a little bit. But honestly, it still looks gorgeous when it's done that way. It's really, a lot of times for me, depending on what you're installing it on. So is this going down on a concrete slab or is it a wood, you know, a block and base? What, kind, what are we putting it on? We would be putting it right on the concrete slab. Okay, so you're talking about gluing it down, floating floor, right. or are you going to nail? Well, we're thinking gluing. Okay. I am not a fan of gluing down wood floors on concrete slabs. And okay. The and the main reason I'm not, inevitably we get some moisture that comes up through the concrete, and it'll, it'll loosen up the glue, and you start getting these spots that just aren't sticking as tight as they should, so it'll start making noises. And if you get enough moisture through the concrete floor, the floors will start cupping. They'll, they'll start warping on you. So before you glue one down, do a moisture test. And for me, the best way to moisture test is pull up some flooring that's there, take a one-foot square piece of plastic and some duct tape, and tape that plastic down on the concrete. Wait 24 hours and see if you're getting any moisture. If you are... Definitely do not glue down the floor. Yeah, well, very good. I appreciate that advice. Thank you much. And But as, as far as which way would I go, I will tell you, I put a pre-finished floor in my house 
and I used a floating wood floor. I put a membrane down for moisture and used the prefinished floors that you can lock together. It looks gorgeous. It's refinishable should I ever have to refinish it. Uh, and the moisture membrane keeps it where I don't have to worry about the floor warping later. Very good. Thank All you right. kindly. You bet. Take care. And again, I got nothing against, I love the old wood floors where you go in and, and finish them, but new technology uh, just it makes it where you don't have to go through all those steps and the finishes that come on the pre-finished floors uh truthfully they are awesome they they really do a, a a remarkable job now this is a question a lot of people kind of come up with uh when they, when they're looking at doing some remodeling i get i get this call all the time but this guy i like the way he he worded the question his subject, because he sent me an email, this is from Michael, he sent an email, subject, wooden braces left in Texas basement, attic, he, he says. I love that. Hey, we have what looks temp like temporary bracing in our attic room that was left after the house was built. The materials used and the way they are attached would indicate these were not meant to be permanent. They are in the middle of the room at odd angles, and make it tough to utilize the space. I would like to remove these, but I how do I make sure that they are not bearing the load of the roof? Well, this, this is a, a common question. Can I take the bracing out? And I hate to tell you this, but it, the bracing that they put in attics a lot of times, it looks like it's scrap pieces of wood and it's not nailed in there right and all this kind of stuff. Because of the angles that they have to put the bracing at, because what they're looking to do is come off the roof rafters, come down to the ceiling joist somewhere near walls, so it does put it at odd angles. It looks like it's just randomly put there, but it's actually not, and you typically cannot remove them without causing sags in the roof deck. So, hate to tell you, but that is the way our Texas basements work. Hey, I got to take a quick break for news, traffic, and weather. We'll be back with another hour of Texas Home Improvement. Jim, love your show. Around 12 years ago, I got the impression that spray foam insulation was going to be the answer to everything. The concept made sense. Now I'm not hearing as much about it. What happened? This is from Philip. Well, Philip, it wasn't the answer to everything. It's a great product. Don't get me wrong. I love spray foam insulation when properly used. The problem was they came in and tried to sell it to us as you were saying. It, the, the answer to everything. And it's not. It does a great job. Inch for inch, you can't beat the R value of spray foam insulation. And at the same time that it's insulating, it's sealing the air gaps. So it, it does a marvelous job of that. Problem is, it seals and everything too well for our climate in the northern states where you're doing all this for the cold weather it actually is a wonderful product and it's a wonderful product properly used here the way i try to try to tell people to use it do your walls in it because inch for inch it's going to give you the highest r value it's going to get rid of those airs get uh the air that you feel in the winter months blowing in your home around the light switches and stuff 
it'll get rid of all that because it seals the walls. In the attic, though, use fiberglass. And the reason for that, you can pile fiberglass up. And if you're looking for an R39, an R46, whatever you're looking for, whether it's foam or fiberglass, R39 is R39. It gives you the same uh, insulation value once it hits that R39 mark, okay? So it's all the same. The difference being the house can still breathe with the fiberglass insulation in the attic where if you're putting uh, the spray foam and, and closing everything in the house, it can no longer breathe. And when it can no longer breathe, your house starts getting sick home syndrome. That's when the moisture levels can start to, to go out of kilter. That's when you'll, you can start developing mold and mildews and things like that. And, and so it can become a problem. And that's the reason I prefer the insulation in the attic versus you know, the, the fiberglass insulation in the attic versus in, uh, sealing the entire home. Now, is there times where I'm going to recommend to put foam in the attic as well? Yes, but not the entire attic. And if you want to do the entire attic, then don't do the walls in your home. You've got to leave room for the house to breathe. But if you have a, like a cathedral ceiling, for instance, that you're building, use the spray foam. Fiberglass isn't going to give you the high enough R value that spray foam will because you typically are dealing with a, a six inch or an eight inch gap between the roof deck and the sheetrock. Well, you just to get to that R15, uh, or I'm sorry, not R15, to get to that R39 number, you're looking at 15 or 16 inches of fiberglass insulation, where if you do it with spray foam, you're not having to do near as much insulation as you would if you were going to do it with fiberglass. In fact, if you're doing it with foam, uh, you're probably only looking at somewhere around six inches. Six to eight inches will give you that R39. In fact, uh, 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 with foam insulation, a two by six will give you an R24 to an R39. A two by eight, an R32 to an R52. So if you're doing cathedral ceilings, I would recommend you use two by eights and spray it with foam insulation and get that R value up there. And it'll make your house so much more energy efficient, so much more comfortable. And it does help with sound when you put it on the walls. So it, it makes sense to use it in a lot of places, just not every place. Uh, also, crawl space homes. If you've got a crawl space home, and I'm talking about a block and base or pier and beam home, I, I just did a, a video clip uh, this, I guess I did that Monday as well, yeah, uh, because I'm getting just tons of people calling my office that are having wood rot problems because they're putting fiberglass insulation in the crawl space, and the moisture from the soil the, you know that comes up into the air it gets into that fiberglass the fiberglass holds the moisture against the wood the wood starts to decay those are expensive repairs i gotta tell you those are the most expensive under uh, pier and beam block and base home repairs that we do and it's all because they're using fiberglass insulation underneath there that's the ideal location to use spray foam insulation closed cell 
because on spray foam there's open cell and there's closed cell and let me tell you that open cell and closed cell can make a huge difference on your uh, air conditioning calculations as well in your walls you typically want to use an open cell under the foundation use a closed cell so it's it's all around you gotta you gotta shift around with what you're using is it the next best thing since sliced bread yeah probably not but it is a great product it's just not made for everything like they first touted it i have water standing in the tank that contains the city water meter in other words it's out in the box uh with the meter city water meter is located between the front sidewalk and the street curb called the city of mesquite and they sent a gentleman from the city water department out to look at it he knocked on the front door and told my wife we probably have a very slow leak somewhere between the meter and the house the only area where the water is standing is in the tank that contains the meter any suggestion on how to get an honest answer to solve this problem my wife and I are retired and try to be good stewards of our retirement funds but work hard to keep our home in great repair I listen to your radio program each week and appreciate your honesty and integrity Norton well Norton here's the first thing I would do let's dip the water out of the hole shut the water main off not at the meter but up by the house if you have a cutoff by the house if not go in the house and shut all valves off under the toilets under the sinks every place so that there's no water dripping in the house and if you've got a refrigerator that's hooked up you need to shut the valve off to it as well again all the water out of the meter box now look at the meter and see if it's spinning if it is spinning that tells us that yes there is a leak somewhere on your side the fact that the water's accumulating in the meter box means it's probably fairly close to the meter if it's in your box or in your line if the meter is not spinning at all that means it's in the city line and there again it can be close to your box but it can be in the city line and so before you just accept that this is your problem to deal with let's find out because if it is not after the meter going up to the house then it's not your problem it belongs to the city and so that's that's a real simple thing that you can do you can even do that yourself if you want if you want to do it yourself like I said leave the the meter on tip all the water out if there's a if there's a cutoff meter going up by the house going into the house shut that off because that'll isolate just that yard line and tell you if the leak is in the yard line when you're looking at the meter you've got the bigger sweep hand and then you've got this little triangle that spins the little triangle if there's just a a pinhole leak it will just slowly sit there and spin if there's a bigger leak it spins a lot faster and then the big arm starts moving so if you'll do that I think you'll be able to figure out if the leaks on your side if you have trouble with it you can always call our plumbing company due west at 972-406-0912 we'd be more than happy to come out take a look at it and you know figure out what's going on with it to to get it taken care of uh, but uh, it, it I can't say for sure it's on your side or their side without that first being done You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.